Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. About the time that Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church. Somebody shout church. What I want you to notice is the corporate target was what? The church. The corporate target was the church. Now in the next scripture, I want you to know this. The means to the target is individuals. And he killed James, the brother of John. The target was the church. He killed James, the brother of John, with a sword, and because he saw it please the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter. Somebody say, thank God for Easter. Some things say Peter's life this day. Sending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter therefore was kept in prison, but. Somebody shout, but. But is a word used to change or modify the sense of the preceding part of a sentence. We'll say that again. But is a word used to change or modify the sense or the preceding part of a sentence. Amen. Somebody say prayer changes things. Peter was in prison, but. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth the same night, the night before Herod was going to do his deed, amen, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains and the keepers before the door kept the prison. And behold, the angel of the, of the Lord came upon him and a light shined Are y'all with me? The angel of the Lord appeared unto him or came upon him and a light shined in the prison and he smote Peter. Somebody shout smote. Smote Peter on the side and raised him up saying, Arise up quickly and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel said unto him, Gird yourself. Bind on your sandals. So he did. And he said unto him, Cast your garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and knew not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but he only thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, they come into the iron gate that leads into the city, which opened up to them on their own accord. And they went out and passed out, passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him. And when Peter was come to himself, He said, now I know, this is real. Now I know for sure the Lord has sent his angel and delivered me out of the hand of Herod and from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. Can I just tell somebody before I preach, the devil is expecting you to go under, but you're going over. Hey! Somebody ought to make a loud right there. Father, now we thank you for your awesome presence in this building this morning. Now, oh Lord God, we come before you praying that the awesome ability and revelation that only comes from the Holy Spirit will enable this old country boy to preach and a congregation to be able to receive words that are formed on the lips of an almighty God, put upon the wings of the Holy Spirit, set ablaze by your fire, and then deposited in the hearts of every believer that when we leave here today, we cannot and will not ever be the same in Jesus mighty name we pray somebody shout amen here we are just 12 chapters deep in the book of Acts the New Testament church has been born in Acts chapter number 2 the church is growing by leaps and bounds miracles are becoming the norm the blind are seeing the lame are walking are you following me the dead are being raised amen all of a sudden now Saul the great persecutor of the church has been saved and the Jews and the Gentiles are now becoming unified by the cross of Jesus Christ and this great message we call the gospel 
This brand new living organism called the church is literally turning the world upside down to the point that she has caught the current government's attention. Now, it is hard for me not to go there in election season. But she, the church, has caught the attention of the current government. The powers that be are now feeling threatened by this new kingdom and its new form of government. It's a new order that recognizes only one king, King Jesus. It's a new order that recognizes only and bows to only one God, and that's the Most High God. And as a result, the current government, a.k.a. King Herod, has stretched forth his hand to vex the church. Are you with me? He has stretched forth his hand to vex the church. Now, now notice, it's not what the church is doing wrong that's warranted an attack from the enemy. But rather, the attack of the enemy is simply a response to the threat. Can I help somebody right now? Can I help somebody who cannot understand why every time you take a step forward, there seems to be something to knock you two steps? Oh, I got the right crowd. I got the right crowd. I come. The Holy Spirit said he's going to help somebody that just cannot understand. When I try to do the right thing, I seem to get snake bit. Oh, some of y'all can't say nothing, but I'm talking to you. Amen. So, so I want to help somebody who cannot understand that when I start to make progress, something always tries to knock me two steps back. It's because your progress is a threat to your enemy. Mm. Your enemy has a better understanding of the power of your potential than you do yourself. I'm going to say that one more time. The enemy has a better understanding of the power of your potential than you do yourself. Herod sent four quaternions of soldiers to apprehend and hold Peter. That's 16 soldiers. Four times four. Quaternions is four. He sent 16 soldiers to hold one man. My God, are y'all listening to me? The magnitude of the assault was the evidence of Herod's fear of Peter's potential. I don't know if y'all really got that. The magnitude of the assault on your life it was simply a reflection of the understanding of your enemy about your potential. Peter may have been thinking, what in the world did I do to deserve such an all-out attack when in, really, in reality, it was simply a compliment of his enemy? Mm, mm, mm. I'm going to help myself. I don't help anybody else. Peter, here, write this down. Peter did not have a clue that the measure of the attack was simply the measure of his potential. I'm going to say that again. He didn't have a clue. Amen. He may be thinking, my God, what did I do to deserve this? Sixteen armed soldiers are marching me to my destination. Sixteen armed soldiers are sworn with their life to keep me bound in this prison when in reality he didn't understand that the measure of the attack was simply the measure of his potential. And Herod understood his potential. Look at at this. The devil heard what Jesus said to Simon in Matthew 16. Remember? He said, you're no longer Simon, but Peter. Peter means rock. It means steadfast. It means unmovable. It means unshakable. At this point, Peter was at best unpredictable. Peter was at best unreliable. Peter was prone to blowing it. 
You ought to shake your neighbor and tell him, I think he's talking to you. He had an uncanny ability to turn a good thing into a bad thing in just a minute. Uh, nudge your other neighbor and say, yep, he's talking about you. Amen. He, he was prone to blowing it. So Jesus, when he called him Peter, he was not speaking to his current position or condition. condition. He was speaking to his potential. So the attack of the enemy, oh, help me, Holy Ghost. The attack of the enemy has nothing to do with his current position or condition, but rather the attack is based on potential. Oh, help me. In other words, the devil has more faith in you than you have in yourself. God Almighty, let me help somebody on this side. Amen. You just think you're a little old you, and you don't know why the devil's trying to tear up the marriage and why the kids are going crazy and why I just cannot get it together. I'm not nothing. I'm not nobody. But Jesus is not looking at your position. He's looking at your potential. And the devil is not looking at what you have done. He's looking what you're capable of. Mm, God, that's good right there. Amen. So if I don't help you with nothing else, amen, look over to your neighbor, high five them and say, now I know. Now I know. Now I understand. The devil ain't after me because I've done the right thing. He's after me because I got the potential to do great things. Amen. It ain't who you are. Oh, my God, help me. It ain't your position. It ain't how good you've been. Might I add also, it ain't how bad you've been. It's just Herod realizes you better send 16 devils to that right there because I see potential wrapped all up in that individual. And if they ever get on their feet, they're going to give me hell. Oh my God. <laughs> if they ever get on their feet, amen. My God, can, can we work this thing? The devil, he believes in you more than you believe in you. Boy, that's wild, ain't it? Or maybe, maybe, maybe let's look at it from this perspective. Maybe he has faith in God. Maybe he's got more faith in God. Uh, what? Maybe he's got more faith in God than you do because he's seen God take consistent failures and turn them into something phenomenal. So the devil is saying, don't you overlook her. I know she blew it, but don't you back up. I know. Because I've seen God take a loudmouth cussing Peter, pick him up, set him on fire, and do something. You got to be careful. Y'all with me this morning? Devil said, don't you take that young lady for granted. I know what's wrapped up in that. Amen. I done heard. I done heard what God's been saying about you. I heard that prophet. All them prophetic words you done forgot about, devil wrote them down. God Almighty, are y'all with me? He wrote them down. So, oh my God, did you hear what that prophet said about her? Oh my God, she can. I'm gonna behave. Amen. Let me get over here so I can see you. Amen. Amen. The devil wrote it down. And yeah, you may have never done anything with it. You may have been an utter failure ever since you got it. But the devil wrote it down and said, I can't help what she's doing right now. I know what she's capable of doing. You better send a quartonian. You better send 16 devils to try to hold her down. You hear me, somebody. The enemy has heard what God has said about you and to you, and he believes every word of it. And he has done an appraisal on your predestined potential and has launched an attack equal to the expectations of his. Did y'all catch that? I said, the devil heard every prophetic word over you. He heard what God said about you before the foundations of the world. He heard you was going to be a world changer, Steve Barnett. He told that you, 
He heard when God created you in your mother's womb. He heard Jesus talking to God saying, I'm going to raise this woman up. I'm going to raise this man up to make a difference. And so he'd done appraisal based on what he heard. And then he launched a tack that would meet the expectations of your success. Did y'all catch that that time? So now you don't never have to say, why is the devil always picking on me? I come to tell you, it's because you're dangerous. It's because he believes in you. I just love that thought. He believes, you, he believes in you so much, he ain't going to leave you alone. He believes in you so much, he's going to try to hold you and bind you. So your battle is not about what you have done wrong. If I don't say nothing else, somebody needs to get that right now. You're sitting here this morning beating yourself up because you blew it last week and that you're going through hell because you blew it last week. But as your pastor, I come to tell you that your battle is not about what you have done wrong, nor is it simply because you have done the right thing, but rather you're under fire because of your potential, your predetermined purpose. The attack is the proof you are a threat to your enemy. Herod started trying to kill Jesus before he was two years old. He ain't never preached a sermon. He ain't never healed a blind man. Matter of fact, he ain't even been potty chained yet. And the devil was trying to take him out, not because of, oh my God, of his ability, but because of his potential. Oh, my God, somebody got to get this stuff. It's killing me this morning, amen. Are you listening to me this morning? You're beating yourself up because you're not worthy. You don't have no ability. You don't have this and you don't have that, amen. Jesus was still messing up his diaper, and the devil said, I got to kill him. I got to kill him because he's going to come to a point where he realizes who he is and what he is. He's gone. Somebody's fixing to come to the realization, I am anointed. Woo! Herod heard the prophecy said we got to stop him we got to stop him now he called him wise men said where y'all going they said we going to worship the king we going to worship king isn't that amazing that heathen believed the prophecy more than the church does Oh, if you would only go back and remind yourself of all the prophetic words God has got you, or, or, or maybe just take the Bible and read it for yourself, amen, and believed it like the devil does. Oh, this is too much, y'all. And you so believed it. He said, I, I got to stop him, amen. And, and everybody was saying, well, what are you doing? Uh, Herod's killing every baby two years and under. Two years and under. My God, why would you kill the most innocent? Why would you kill the most vulnerable? Why would you kill that one that has no power, no potential, amen, has no abilities to do anything, amen. But in the back of the devil's mind, he said, yeah, you can look at him as a baby wrapped in swallowing clothes if you want to that don't even have the willpower to control his own bowels. But I know who he is, uh, and he's going to grow up, and he's going to come out. God, I'm talking to somebody. He's going to come out of this thing and when he does he's going to send me back to where I came from I come to prophesy to somebody you're about to realize who you are in Jesus and when you do the devil somebody shout for me I just wish I could shout in this place hey I'm talking about the power of potential my God the devil's I hear him right now Oh, God, move on, Pastor. Come to tell you, this is why the devil's on your trail this morning. That's why he's on your trail. Because you're anointed. Because your potential. Scott, I couldn't help but think about you. You're, you're one of the biggest sinners I ever knew besides Jennifer. You know, you was one of the bad sinners. If I, I didn't, you know, it is what it is. You know, we put them in categories. You was a pretty good sinner. I don't know. Have you ever cussed? 
You serious? You ever smoked a cigarette? My Jesus. She's a John the Baptist. Was you speaking in tongues when you was born or what? But Scott, he was a bad sinner. He was one of them old bad sinners the churches don't like hanging around. You know what I mean? Amen. But I got to thinking about you, Scott, all the way back. Even when you was five years old, even when things was happening to you, amen, it was all an attack of the enemy saying, I got to stop that man. I got to stop him. He don't look like much right now. God Almighty. His family don't think much about him. People think he's a loser. But I got a king. Oh, my God. The devil's I got to keep him. I got to keep him from fulfilling his destiny. Y'all may see it. Can I say it? Can I say it? Can I say it? This is yes. This is no. Y'all may see the homosexual, but I'll see a man full of the power and the, and the potential to change the world. You may see a drug addict, but I'll see somebody. My God, I got to stop him. I got to kill him when he's young. I got to mess up his mind. My God, I can't help myself. Are you in this place? Amen. I got to give him a dysfunctional family. I got I to gotta mess up his world. I got to stop him. Because I seen, I don't know why God gave Satan the access he has to be able to be standing in the council of God. Oh, pray for me, y'all. I need some wind. But the devil was standing there that day that God was bragging on Job. And he heard everything God said about Job. Are you listening to me? Amen. Are you listening to me? Satan has heard through the eons of time of the potential you was created with. That's why I try to take you out. Uh, how many ever went to the beer joint? Steve. <laughs> Just when I think you're perfect. <laughs> and you don't even know how you got home. Rose? Man, the things you find out from an honest church. You don't even know how you got home that night. Amen. God hater. Ain't got time for God. Don't want nothing to do with God. Amen. And if the devil would have had his way, he'd have run you up a tree. He'd have destroyed you. But you sitting there drunk and an angel of the Lord said, I got to get her home. I got to get her home. I gotta get her home. The deck almighty. The devil wants to kill her. The devil wants to take her out. But I gotta get her home. She's anointed. He's gonna be a mighty man of God. Oh my God. Why is the devil always picking on me? I ain't nothing. Because he sees past your stupidity and sees your potential. I'm a failure. I'm a constant failure. I can't get up for falling down. And when I get up, I get knocked down. And I'm, I'm so frustrated. But it helps sometimes just to know that the Herod said, I got to vex the church. And because you are a vital part of the church, he picks you as an individual. Are you following me? Amen. So if he can stop you, he can stop the church. Because you are Peter slash the church. You are Russ slash the church. You are Lacey slash the church. Is anybody listening to me? Amen. That's why the text went from talking about the church to naming individuals. And the greatest threat to our current government is the church. Oh, 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 it makes sense now. Amen. And I got news for you. I don't care. And I'm just going to say it. I don't care. I don't know if Hillary's going to get it or Trump's going to get it. But I can tell you this. The church is still going to be under attack because you are a threat. Somebody ought to help me. You are a threat. This is why the devil is on your trail. 
Who am I preaching to this morning? So here in our text, we got to hurry. We got to go get ready for storming the gates of hell and kicking the devil in his teeth with water pistols. Uh, hey. Oh, I'm excited. So here in our text, Peter has been apprehended. He is in prison. He is chained between two soldiers. The guards are standing at the door, and Peter is sound asleep. That sucker. Now, remember in the text, Peter is identified individually as Peter, but he's identified corporately as the church. So here in verse number six, we actually have Peter slap. My wife's saying, slow down. So here in the text, we actually have Peter slash the church asleep between two soldiers. The current government has got him bound. <laughs> I'm not going there, I'm serious. <laughs> but it sure fits. Might I share with you this morning the fact that Peter has been apprehended is not an indictment against Peter. He may be hindered, but he's still anointed. The fact that he has been bound between two soldiers is no indictment against Peter. He may be restrained, but he still has potential. Dare you look your neighbor right now and tell him he's talking about you. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. No, sir. There is no condemnation in the assault. Yeah, you got it, didn't you? Somebody needs to get that right now because condemnation's eating you up. I come to declare emphatically there is no condemnation or shame in the assault. Matter of fact, it's a compliment from hell that you got potential you don't realize you have. No, 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 sir. No, sir. There's no condemnation in the assault. The indictment against Peter is the fact that two forces have joined together in agreement and committed themselves to aborting his predestined purpose and he's okay with it. I'm going to say that again. It's not a shame he got attacked. It's not a shame he got knocked down. It's not a shame that right now he's immobilized. The shame is in the fact that two soldiers whose sole purpose is to restrain him from his predetermined purpose have chained themselves to him and he's resigned to the fate and he's just asleep. <laughs> As a matter of fact, now some of y'all struggling with this because you thought it was had faith had him sleep. But matter of fact, verses 9 and 11 proves he ain't even expecting to get out of this one. He has become content with complacency chained to his hands and he's laying asleep anointed as he is. Powerful as he is predestined as he is. And he has resigned. Thank you, sir. Anointed, but I'm content not doing nothing. I got potential to make a difference, but I'm, I'm three generations deep in my dysfunction. Because he wasn't in the first prison. He wasn't in the second one. He was in the third. Three generations deep in dysfunction. And chained to things that was robbing him of his potential. Can I preach to you this morning? And the fact that he was asleep was the fact that I'm okay with it. I know I'm going to die tomorrow, but I'm going to heaven. 
They, they, they're going to cut my head off, and, and, and tomorrow I'm going to be just like James, and, and I'm going to die, but, but I'm going to go to heaven. I might well just go on sleep. And what's crazy is, are y'all ready for this? There he lays. There she lays. Look at her. Oh, my God. There's the church. There's the 21st century church. Amen. There she lays, full of power, full of potential, full of anointing, full of purpose. But she's allowed things from the outside to chain her down. And she fell fast asleep. Oh, look at the church that can come to church on a Sunday morning. And who cares if nobody don't get saved? Who cares if nobody don't get healed? Who cares if there's no move of God? It's just what we do. And I'm chained to dysfunction, and I ain't got a problem with it no more. Matter of fact, we've created a gospel, amen, that helps you deal in your dysfunction. And we don't want to be challenged. Better leave my dysfunction alone. Who made you judge? Oh, y'all should have shouted while ago. Who made you judge? So there he lay, chained to his own stinking laziness. Wasn't nothing wrong with him. He was saved as saint. It was things that was tying him down. Football teams I got to coach and basketball teams I got to coach and Am I against coaching? No, we got a good coach. I love to go watch. Amen. Going to have a coach speaking today. But the world, the church is so chained to your stuff and to your children. And their children has become idols in our lives. And what the children says goes. And they got to be in tumbling and dance and basketball and baseball. and Huh? Woo, God, it's getting quiet in here now, amen. And you don't even realize God has given you the authority and we'll spend a hundred, we'll spend thousands of dollars to make sure they get the right shoes and the right uniforms and we'll make sure they get to practice on Wednesday evening, amen, and won't spend $2 in gas to get them in a Bible study. And we want to know what's wrong with our children and our family. And then some of you are so busy through the week with all your extracurricular activity, amen, that you got to lay out a Sunday night, which is the only thing with any eternal value to spend time with family that we should have stewarded through the week. And then we want to wonder, where's revival? Where's the move of God? Why ain't God breaking down the crack houses and the whorehouses? And is anybody in the, I just come to preach this morning when really we're, we're idol worshipers. We worship our children instead of leading our children. Thank you for that smile. I need one right now, Rose. Please. Oh, don't you leave here saying the pastor said we can't. No, I ain't saying you can't do all that. Amen. Mine played ball too. But there was times when I said, no, you're not. You're going to church. Amen. And, 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 and I get people, parents telling me, oh, my God, it'll be a mental scar on the children. Amen. Well, I got three of them here tonight, this morning, and they turned out pretty good. Huh? I think they're pretty good. Josh is questionable, but he's going to get there. He, he's got potential. And we're laying there asleep, and we're chained to the cares of this life. Amen. We're trying to keep up with the Joneses, and we're trying to get all the things that everybody else has got. Amen. Hey, I'm preaching better than you shouting. Hey, listen to me. We're chained to the cares of this life, and the cares of this life is choking out the word. We don't care about a Wednesday night Bible class no more because your jobs are so important, and your lives are so important. Amen. Well, is it any wonder why you got to come to me for counseling? I come to counsel you this morning. Seek you first the kingdom of God and his standard, and he'll start adding some things to your... Oh, the preacher is on a soapbox this morning. Child worship. That's what we got in the 21st century. Child worship. Paying homage to children. When they say no and say jump, you say how high. Amen. Woo! 
God Almighty, I got off in left field here, I think. Church is asleep. Them come church on Sunday morning. Don't know why you ain't got no peace in your home. Ain't got no tranquility in your home. Amen. Because we quit bowing at the altar of prayer and started bowing at the altar of society and our community and our social standing. And the word of God is being choked out of our lives because we are so stinking busy. Well, somebody help me in this place. And we come in and tempt God with a little Sunday morning service. Like me and Josh tipped that lady at Sonic the other day. Pulled up there and bought us a big old meal. She brought it out. She had to go back two or three times getting mustard for Jennifer. And I said, Josh, I ain't got no money. You got to tip. He dug around his face. He pulled out one dollar. I said, you got to be kidding me. You need to raise his allowance. I told us, lady, I'm sorry. This is an insult to your service. Oh, my God. This is an insult to how good you've been to us because you had to go back and get mustard. And we come in here and give our little dollar on Sunday morning. Oh, God, he's preaching now. Amen. And wondering why God ain't opened up the windows of heaven and poured his glory in our lives. Amen. Can I tell you, you got holes with, you got pockets with holes in them. And you cannot get ahead. You want to know, it don't matter how much money you make. It won't matter how much money you make. Oh, if I could just make more money. I, gotta, I can't go to church. I got to go make another dollar. And, uh, you ain't no better off than you was six months ago. And six months from now, you ain't going to be no better off. You want to know why? Because Habakkuk, is it Habakkuk that said that? Habakkuk said, you, you're, you're running around about your own house and you've forsaken my house. So you got holes, you got pockets with holes in them. Haggai. Get ahead. Oh, I got to get another job. I got What about just believing the word? Put God first. Put his kingdom first. Matthew 6, 33. Let's try it. Let's just try it. Let's just try to put God first. And see if he won't start adding some things to our life. I don't understand why them cops, Freddie Mercer calls himself a cop. Benny Douglas calls himself a cop. Why don't they do something about these drugs and alcohol around here? Amen. Why don't you slip out of your bed? Amen. Fall down on our knees and let's start trusting God instead of the local law enforcement. The gov- Oh, somebody, God, he's preaching this morning. Amen. Why don't we pray God heal our land? There she lays in prison, bound and okay with it. Oh, I'm not okay with it. Oh, yeah? What are we doing about it? Today, we're going to see how serious you are. (laughs) Amen? Because you try to do community things to make a difference, but if it transcends your Sunday morning visit, that's unreasonable service. Come to a women's conference? A revival? You've got to be kidding me. I missed last week. I got a lot to unload this week. Well, God spoke to me. It's a good place for a commercial. When I was in Corpus Christi and said, if you'll go home and strengthen the body, I'm going to explode it. Are you ready, church? If you'll go home and strengthen the body, strengthen, quit praying for growth because you can't grow no more until you strengthen what you got. He told me to come home and start building disciples. Well, we're going to start that process next week. Amen. I'm challenging and inviting everybody in this church. Amen. Next Sunday night, I'm going to begin the process of becoming one of the most spiritually mature churches in all of Northeast Louisiana. Are you with me? Amen. It is time. How many is ready to learn more about theology? How many wants to know more about what you believe? How many wants to become a greater follower of Jesus? Wave at me. Wave at me. You that ain't waving, look at them. Look at them. Look at those that ain't waving. Because they don't want it. 
Oh, my God, I'm just going to tell the truth, and we're going to lose some people, amen? Uh, but we're about to start a process, God said, if you'll build them, if you'll strengthen them, if you will strengthen the body, I'm going to knock them walls out. You'll be running 500 in a year. I know what he told me to do, amen? And I want you to listen to me close. For all you that are in leadership, if you drive a bus, if you hold the door open on the bus, if you clean a toilet, if you do anything that is setting an example for somebody else, you, I expect you to be a part of a movement of bringing strength and discipleship to the body of Christ. I expect you to become a disciple. Now, all you laity, you get to choose, but all you leaders... If you're not into growing in the Lord, I, I'm going to ask you respectfully, turn in your resignation as a leader. And I ask you respectfully, Jermaine, do you have a policy? No practice? Head coach, do you have a policy? No practice? No play. How can you do that to my kid? He can't make it to your silly practices. Well, why in the church do we not require commitment that a head coach on a junior high? Who cares about junior high? Give me a high five. Taking a team and lost one game all year long. That's my son-in-law. I'm teaching him behind the scenes. We got a little earphone. I call the plays out to him. Are you listening to me? We don't mind requiring commitment from every other thing until it comes to the body of Christ. And we can show up when we want to. We can act like we want to. I don't have to be in discipleship. But then I expect you to allow me to play every time... Hey, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. I expect you to allow me to play. I expect you to allow me to participate. And us pastors don't require no leadership, and our churches are weak. Our churches are dilapidated. Amen. Are you listening to me, elders? Amen. You are required to be faithful. Faithful to what? The vision of this church. If I call an ice cream social on December 31st in freezing weather, I expect you there passing out ice cream. You want some ice cream? Pastor, I don't believe this is going to work, but I am committed to the vision of this. I'm, I'm committed to the vision of this body. God is about to build a team. Amen. That's going to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. And then God say, okay, I can send you some people now who understands discipleship. Man, I need to get Hondi to teach him the word Christianity. Man, he's been chewing on this. That term needs to be done away with because everything's a Christian. We need to do away with it and start using the word disciple. Because disciple means I am disciplined and I am committed. And it don't have nothing to do with how I feel. It don't have everything else revolves around my disciplines and convictions in Jesus Christ. Sleep. And you got all that potential. The church has the power. The church is the only threat to the enemy. I want you to get out there and vote next Tuesday. You better go vote. You have the right. Amen. Go do all that. But let me tell you what. The answer is not found in a voting booth. And I'm not knocking it. It's got to be done. God's given us the privilege to do that. Amen. And if we pick better leaders, we'd have a better country. Of course, we're in a position that this time to where you ain't going to vote for somebody. You're probably going to vote against somebody. <laughs> Whoever that may be. The answer's right here. But because we, like Peter, we're bound by the customs and the culture of our world, and we're okay with it. Which is sleeping 
And we're just waiting for Herod to bring us out. Cut our heads off. We're going to go on to heaven. Y'all still with me? Have I preached over 30 minutes yet? But praise God, right in the middle of Peter's dilemma, the word says, but prayer was made. Can I tell you right now, right in the midst of your battle and in your situation and circumstances, Jesus is sitting on the right hand of the Father and he's making intercession for you. Hang in there, don't quit. He's making intercession for you. And all of a sudden, I need to hurry. The Bible says, light shined in the prison. It is such a waste to sleep with a light on. All the illumination you need to get you out of where you are. Sleep with a light on. Quote scripture front and backwards. Hear the word preached every week. Still ain't no the better for it. There lay Peter, asleep with a light on. It's such a waste to have all that energy that is designed to allow you to be mobile and you be asleep. Peter's, the angel said, hmm, this ain't working. All right, dear. The Bible says he smote him in the side. That word smoke means an abrupt force to bring you from your unconscious state. (laughs) So I'm, I'm thinking what the Holy Spirit's really saying is you need a swift kick in the I don't I'm not I don't know. I don't know. That's the message translation probably. (laughs) They're pretty liberal. Then maybe that's why your world's falling apart. Ow! Maybe it's to shake you up and wake you up. Because you got light shining around you all the time. And we're not using it to get out of what we're in. So maybe this next election is going to be a swift kick to wake the church up. Because you see, I'm not worried about whoever gets it. I know who I'm going to vote for. But I'm not worried. And I'm not going to freak out if the one I vote for don't get it. Because my hope is not in the White House. I don't freak out. But maybe God will use it as a swift kick to wake the church up. And you know what? Not only did the angel came with light and with a swift kick, he came with a word. And you know what it was? Get up. Peter could have said, well, I can't get up. I got chains on me. Amen. Are you listening to me? Some of you are waiting to get out of some stuff, and God's waiting on you to take a stand against the stuff. Oh, somebody help me right now. I don't know what's going on in your mind, in your heart, in your family, in your health. But the first thing the angel said, I'm here. I've given you the light that is already available, but I am not. You got to get up. You're going to have to take your stand. That's why we got to get out in this community. That's why we got to push like we got to push. We got to take a stand. And the Bible said, when he stood... There's some stuff on you that will fall off you if you'll take your stand. Oh, somebody get that word right now. Amen. There's some things that has chained itself to you that will fall off you if you'll take your stand. And he said, and and I'm trying to hurry now. Have I I preached too long? Is this yes or no? She She ain't sure. Okay. Next thing he said was gird yourself. Amen. That kind of reminds me of Ephesians where it says, gird your loins with truth. Amen. So in other words, you got to get up. You got to take your stand against your oppression, depression, complacency, lack of faithfulness, lack of dedication. 
you got to take your stand, and then you got to girt yourself around with truth. And the truth is, I'm coming out of this thing. The truth is, I'm going to win this battle. The truth is, I am an overcomer. The truth is, my God is bigger than my situation. Oh, my God, are y'all with me? I got to quit. I know I got to quit. But in closing, the church has got to wake up. She's being robbed daily of everything she holds dear and true. She's got to wake up. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.